0: Welcome to the Building Financials podcast, where we are taking on the challenge of building a healthy business. It's going to be a journey and we're taking it together. My name is Chaz Hart. I'm the founder and CEO of Clarifying Financials, which is an accounting and finance firm focused on empowering leaders by creating clarity in the financials. And I will be your host. In these episodes we will jump into one of three types of episodes that are all focused on building healthy businesses it will either be a reflection on building the clarifying financials brand in the form of what happened wins losses learnings and what we plan to do next or an expert interview on a specific part of business that we can apply in building a business or lastly A deep dive into techniques and frameworks that stabilize and clarify what is driving companies' financial performance. My hope is that by sharing this episode, it will inspire more people to chase their dreams and create an impact on their local communities. Let's jump into the episode. Today, we're going to talk about three essential processes that every business should be doing to manage their finances. There's a lot of different ways that you can go about managing your business's finances. There's there's also quite a few different trades of thought here. But at the end of the day, they a lot of these things combine down to to really three processes. And and that's what you're gonna go through. We're gonna go over today. Uh this is gonna be an explainer episode. So we're gonna dive deep into the this specific topic. So let's get after it. So what are these these three essential processes it, it really comes down to cash management financial forecasting slash analysis and using kpis to set goals there these are kind of those are kind of all-encompassing areas of, of really a business's finances so you can almost call them disciplines maybe is maybe a better version than processes and the reason you want to look at these three is that guys business is just chaotic i mean if you think about it it's Managing your employees, managing your vendors, managing your customers, um, delivering a good good product. I mean, there, there's and you could go on and on and on about it, right? There's just a lot of aspects of it, which just makes it really, really cool. But it also makes it a little stressful. And, and last thing that you want to do is add additional stress on a business just simply because the financial management of the firm is more or less just looking at a bank balance or something like that so these three areas of, of finance are, are really kind of the core stuff that as i've seen different clients go through transformations and what have you these are kind of the the really impactful of those um, and they really need to be done together so before we jump into kind of the details of each of them i want to talk a little bit about why they need to each of them need to happen at one point um or really need to happen in tandem because if you do one of them it's just not as big of a deal so to give you a little bit of a a breakdown of what we're going to be talking about today we're going to go over the summary of this we're going to dive into the cash flow financial analysis And then talk through the key performance indicators and and we'll sum it all up. and, And I'll even tag a little bit of a bonus on at the end. So why should companies use these as a coordinated approach rather than a standalone? And the reality is it's because they play off one another. And when you think about it for the concept of cash management, right, if You're making sure that you're getting your collections on time and, and you're paying attention to your outflows. Then when you start doing the financial analysis, you kind of have your blocking and tackling done. So then you start getting more optimized. And when you're doing those two, you have a good enough understanding of the business to where you can kind of set up a five to seven or so key performance indicators that pull this all together. So it really needs to happen as one. And it's really these core ones. And then you can add on the other analyses. Like most of these will start spinning off your comp analysis and that side of things. So if you focus on adding these in first, everything's going to get a whole lot easier. And then next, we need to manage these. So you can't just do them once. You have to do a series of reoccurring meetings, which then create traction, which, which then actually push the value of doing these activities into into your your company. Because why why do a financial model or, or or spend some time in Excel to ultimately put it in a computer folder or something like that? I mean, that's that's the equivalent of of drawing a painting and never looking at it. I mean, <laughs> for the finance nerds out there. Um <laughs> I see this happen quite often, especially when it comes to budgeting and it it just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Gotta do these all at once. So let's dive into the cash flow. Um, there's really two elements of manage cash flow management when it comes to businesses. Your your first aspect of it that you, you really need to understand is meeting in the middle and and just paying attention to the psychology of what ends up happening with with bank balances and that side of things. And really what I mean by that is if you have a single bank account and the bank and that balance is pretty large, then there's a good chance that you're going to be a little bit more willy-nilly when it comes to spending. It's just a, really a human psychology thing. And and yes, budgets help. And, and that's really the goal of it is you're trying to allocate money before, but you might as well also help yourself from a psychology standpoint. And and this is real. really where I would recommend, and and we kind of talk through this pretty often. You'll hear me mentioning it a lot as, as we go on with this podcast, really it's a digital envelope system more or less, but you might as well just, I call it cash bucketing because it's a lot easier to do so where you're going to want to separate out some of your expenses by their use case and you don't have to go crazy with it you don't need 50 bank accounts please don't do that but at the same time it, it makes sense to have at least a few bank accounts right that way you know if you're overspending before you look at your budget and it forces you to manage some of it so we tend to use at least out of the software that i've seen out there so far or at least recently rather relay is a really good bank for this but but there's a ton that do that 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 have. The ability to easily create separate bank accounts that then you can, you can transfer things. And then, and what you'll end up wanting to do is, is get on cadence a few times a month, maybe twice a month where you're making these transfers. And the essence of it is that your money comes in one account and then you transfer it from there. That's the big difference. Even if you only had two accounts and money came in one and you transferred one to expense, one to savings. That's still going to be better than if you were just using a single account. And I know that it adds a lot of burden, but as you add in a few more of those, and don't go crazy with it again, you'll start being able to look at your key budget line items that are controllable, right? You don't want to be bouncing payroll or something like that, but you'll start to be able to look at those and see the bank balance. And at the end of the day, guys, the the amount of people that are budgeting based on bank balances anyways, is pretty it's pretty unreal. Um, which uh, again it's the easiest way to do it so i'm not necessarily talking bad on it but but there is different ways you could approach it right so then next thing after that when it comes to managing your cash flows is what the accountants in the room will kind of relate with the the more traditional cash management side of things so you'll want to have a cash based forecast which is going to be different than your financial state or your financial forecast and cash one's going to be more so wanting to know the timing of when that cash comes in not necessarily if revenue is recognized differently so said another way a cash-based forecast only cares that you sent an invoice out because there's a due date attached to it Versus if you were looking at it from a financial accrual based forecast that'd be a little bit different it'd be a little bit different because the accrual wants to know when you earned it but the cash is what when it's actually going to get in the door so you would end up using AR and AP for the cash-based forecast. But we always want to recommend starting with a cash-based forecast because at the end of the day, that's the bread and butter of small business. So yes, you need to look at your accrual accounting. And that's really what we're doing next when it comes to managing your business's finances. But it it really doesn't matter if on paper you have really good revenue if your cash is is out of out of whack. And and the most typical situation that this happens is people aren't managing their ar so by doing a cash forecast you're going to end up looking at your invoices and that's what i mean by ar and your accounts payable which is your bills and you, re- you review them you look over them you look for older ones and at the end of the day if you're looking at an invoice that that is pretty old then you need to pick up the phone and call that person or send an email and and ask why they haven't paid if they haven't paid for a reason, there's value in that as well. You just need to understand it because there's no point in, in if at the end of the day, they're not paying because they don't want to use your service anymore or something along that lines. You need to know that because at that point, you either need to try to salvage the relationship or, or move on, right? And you don't want to be just giving away free service for the sake of it. And then when it comes to managing your bills, if you're looking at a forecast and you see that your bills are going to be A little bit short then maybe you need to stretch some of the terms so maybe you're paying a certain vendor 10 days early on a on a earlier than the due date on a typical basis well if you need to make sure that there's a timing difference from a cash perspective maybe you actually just paid on the due date so that's really managing cash flow at at a really high level i want to dive deeper into it in another podcast but it's really making sure to understand the psychology of bucketing your cash and then managing a cash forecast. And by managing a cash forecast, you'll end up reviewing and taking action on your AR and accounts payable. Okay, so next activity or or, or discipline that we want to talk about here is going to be financial analysis and forecasting and budgeting would really go go hand in hand with this as well. So this is, this is kind of the bread and butter of, of finance, right? That's, this is what most people talk about, your annual budgeting process and your forecasting model in those side of things. And you can really split financial analysis in, in this section and discipline down into, I would say, probably about two, two sections. The first one being the financial analysis component. And I put that before forecasting on purpose because the financial analysis allows you to dive into, to look under the curtain and understand what's going on inside your business. So the first step that I would, would really wanna do on here is I'd make sure that your analysis is as unique as your business. And by unique, I mean, including data segments. It's really where the insight comes from when it comes to financial analysis is diving into those segments. So segments being departments or locations or really any number of different dimensions. And, and that's really, this is, guys, this is really where the accounting function is important because the accounting function creates the ability to make proper financial statements. It really creates the ability to make fi- proper financial analysis. And I, I mean that by when accounting is doing their transactions and their month and close and reconciling various balance sheet accounts, part of that process can involve doing journal entries and whatnot to split out the transaction data so that you have it by by department and by employee and in some of these various other elements but if you haven't gone down that path there's a few key areas that i would i would start with looking at that everyone's going to end up happening in most cases at least and that's going to be your by customer and by product type those two are are in ca- in most cases always there just simply because they they are required in most cases when it comes to invoicing people and then when it comes to paying them it's just a, a pretty standard practice there so whenever you're looking at those those can illuminate some some activities in and above themselves so by product type you can start seeing different shifts in demand on your product because you always want to compare things against some measure because if you just look at just a number in and above itself it's hard to tell whether that was good bad ugly pretty whatever in between right Because you need to have something to, to look at. So whether that's an average or prior year, something in between there, maybe if you're looking at, to make a little more tangible example, the revenue by customer, putting it based on a current period and comparing that to the same time last year, right? See if people are buying more or less. And, and if they're doing either way, that gives you insight to ask more questions, right? You're never going to look at it at financial analysis and just fully be like, this is the way, but what it does is it generates questions, which then causes you to go talk to the vendor, ask enough things that then you do get to what that insight is, right? But if you're not doing the analysis, you won't have the questions. Um, you're going to just be doing things based on hunches. The next side of things is the forecasting model. So your annual, your really your forecasting model, the reason this is important for, is is due to how these things are built when they're done well. And, and when they're done well, they're built off operational drivers. So back to the example that we used, I think at the last podcast, if you are a coffee shop, looking at the number of cups of coffee you sold is also as important as, as the revenue in certain cases. And looking at the number of customers that came through, different things like that, and, and you can kind of expand it to to different business types um if you were looking at say a cleaning business you could say the amount of amount of houses serviced or or what have you and it's important there because you use those and then you put assumptions on top of them and that's where you get your estimates on your revenue and then that those, those operational drivers also typically have costs associated with them. And you essentially use those drivers to expand out what that financial performance is. And when you do it this way, it, when inevitably it's not exactly how you forecasted, because no forecasts are going to be 100% accurate. It's just not how you're essentially trying to predict the future. You'll be able to tell why they were different. And when you're talking through it, it becomes a little bit more tangible when you start talking about, okay, how can we hit this number? Well we need to figure out how to service ten percent more houses. And the question of how do we service ten percent more clean or how do we clean ten percent more houses is a significantly easier question to actually generate a answer for than if you were looking at it purely on the dollar figure. Now, the dollar figure does open up things like pricing changes and that kind of thing, but at the end of the day, you try to make it as simple as possible and the operational drivers, are quite a bit more simple or quite a bit more clear. And then you're also breaking out the price per driver, which then also helps it to kind of summarize that component. The, the key there is you have the operational drivers that are actually driving this forecast and it forces you to think about what's going on in your business. And that is the value of, of forecasting. It's the value of planning. Because you're thinking about if I want to accomplish these goals, what do I need to do? And you have to think, go through this process whenever you're trying to actually do a forecast, unless you just put an average of a few months and and call it a day. But if you're actually trying to figure out where you're going to be in a year, then you're going to have to ask these questions. And by asking those questions, it changes the way that you make decisions in your day to day business. And that's where a lot of that element of it, it, starts impacting. And when you start doing this reoccurring financial analysis combined with these forecasts, it impacts your cash as well. So again, back to kind of then synergizing to uh, before we go on to the KPIs, if you're doing these analyses on your, let's say you're, you're looking at your, your financial statements once a month. If you're looking at these really in-depth dimensions and you start acting on those, then you better believe that the more um, straightforward Cash flow forecast is going to start getting better because you're going to start making more your more revenue and and at the end of the day your revenue going up is going to provide more money in the door and vice versa when it comes to expenses and if you're managing your cash flow component that also illuminates different areas that maybe in cash flow typically you look at vendors more often maybe there's a particular vendor that that's costing quite a bit money and and it forces you quite a bit of money and it forces you to. Ask the question, do we need this? And that ends up helping in your financial analysis. So they, those two play off one another. So after you finish those two, you go to the last section, which is going to be your key performance indicators. And the reason I, I put this last when it comes to kind of these essential disciplines is that by getting a grasp of your cash component in your business, and then you start talking about the financial analysis and the forecasting component. By doing that, you, you look at your entire business. It's a very holistic view of it. If you're really asking the questions and understanding what's going on in each one of it, of of the areas. So with that understanding, you want to pull together like five to seven, don't go crazy with like 20 plus KPIs, which is another way of keep saying key performance indicators, keep them lower, keep about five to seven of them and You're wanting these key performance indicators to be holistic of your company, meaning they need to look at everywhere from the marketing efforts to servicing the client. And you need to be able to look at that in between to be able to properly diagnose what's going on in the business. Once you take the thought and you go through this, you'll have these five to seven key indicators that will give you a pretty good idea of where the rest of all that analysis is going to come in at in a much more concise way. And you may ask, why do you not just start with this? And the reality is you could, but you likely won't make as good as key performance indicators. And then the Obvious next question, once you have these indicators, when they're not moving the way that you want them to and you start asking why, you won't be able to answer that as well either. So that's really why you don't want to necessarily jump directly to key performance, because all of these guys play off each other. Manage, you need to have a system for managing your cash. You need to have a system for analyzing and forecasting your financial results. And you need to have KPIs that look across the whole organization because all of these make such an impact together you have to do them at the same time or I mean obviously not like at the exact same time but within the same within a month you need to be looking at all of these at some point or another and these reoccurring meetings because they build off one another and you'll start getting better at one as you do the other and that's really the secret of all this that's the secret of of a well-functioning finance department is going to be or really just finances in general. If you're the business leader doing these, it's important as well, is is going to be looking at the essential activities you need to do and not getting distracted. Back to the whole strategy. Keeping yourself focused and these three things will keep yourself focused. The bonus thing that I mentioned at the beginning is all of this also is precedent on having accurate and timely bookkeeping. So if you're not doing that, solve that problem first, because the bookkeeping is essentially the data generation tool, more or less that you're doing this analysis on, you're doing these forecasting. So if, if that's not, if you, if you're not sure on that side of things, I would get that figured out first and then go through and do these, um, the cash side of things gets a little bit more forgiving on those ends because you can kind of circumvent it, but you won't be able to properly take hold of your business and take back control of it if you do not get accurate bookkeeping. That's it for today's podcast. The summary of this, guys, is there's three activities that if you're going to do anything to manage your business's finances, they're extremely important. It's having a plan for your cash, having a financial analysis structure that you look at, various areas of the business that you look at more than just How much revenue did I have? Because it'll tell you where different things are. And alongside of that, you'll be doing a budget. And then the third being having key performance indicators that span your entire organization and they'll all play off one another and it'll make you have a stronger and more profound organization. And that's all for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please get the word out by giving us five stars and subscribing as well as sharing this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.